You obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, this is Ali Musi, star of the Kickboxer Trilogy, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. My very special guest tonight is martial artist, instructor, stuntman, actor, and the current star of the Kickboxer Trilogy, Alain Musti. Alain, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast tonight. Hey, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Cool. No, it's, it's great to have you. Listen, before we start, I need to talk to you about a video that you posted very recently on Instagram. And it's a, a video from your days on Street Fighter Resurrection where you play Charlie Nash. Okay. Uh, and uh, you you just showed it uh, for, very recently, and it's a it's a behind the scenes shot where you kind of back into the scene, and then you get kicked in the throat by uh, the guy <laughs> playing Ken. And it's not, you know, I, I know you guys are professionals and all, but this kick looks like it lands dead in your throat, like it breaks through your voice box, <laughs> and then it sends you backwards, like sprawling backwards. So, was that? planned or, or are you guys just so good at your job that it looked like you actually got killed on set <laughs> well that was like take three i think something <laughs> like that but you know what it was it was it was planned in a sense i told chris i said listen you got to go for it just go for it and trust yourself to hit me he was supposed to hit me in the chest and we had done one or two that that were okay but didn't look great on screen so i'm like you just gotta go for it so he pumped but instead of hitting me in the chest it went to the throat Oh. and square like literally i put my chin up thank god and it, and it went right into my throat and that like me flying back that's literally the kick that made me go backwards like that that's that you know it just happened for the take and i think as soon as i rolled back we got into the next p beat where i have to dive out of the way and um and as soon as they cut everybody's like oh my god are you okay and chris was like elaine are you like oh, oh my god and i'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm fine that was good did it look good that's usually my question it didn't look good. And everybody's like, well, yeah, it looked great, but you, like, are you okay? And I'm like, of course, I'm fine. Let's keep on going. Like, it looked good. It's great. Like, moving on. You know? <laughs> so, okay. no, but it was definitely planned to be a hit in the chest. Okay. But, you know, he was a little over, overzealous. And I owe him one. That's what I worked. I said, I owe you one. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, did it look good? I I had the urge to call 911 because you looked like you got crushed well, then that's what we need. That's <laughs> lovely. That's what I want to hear. I want people to cringe when they watch it. That's exactly it. What was amazing about that shot was that uh, you took that hit, you rolled backwards, and then without missing a step, you kind of rolled into the next stance for whatever the next scene was going to be. And I thought, man, he just got his throat exploded and he's ready to go. <laughs> yeah 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 it was uh, that we're professionals <laughs> exactly that we're professionals you, you know what you are you're professionally insane is that what you are <laughs> well there you go I, I i like that professionally <laughs> insane i'll take that yeah absolutely no and i've heard that uh or i've heard in in previous interviews uh in doing research on you that when you go for it in the scene you really go for it you're not afraid to concuss yourself essentially to get the shot <laughs> I'm not. I, you know what? It's all to me. It's all calculated risk, right? I know what it can take, and I know what I can't take. So, um, every time I, I do something like that, where I, you know, I get, you know, hit, or I, you know, if I have to crash really hard into something or through something or whatever, 
it's it's you know I kind of test it first. I know how hard I can hit the ground, um, and how how much impact I can take. So it, it looks brutal, but to be honest, it's I like often enough I'll say I've had worse beatings in martial arts classes, like by instructors. <laughs> I swear, like, in, like as a kid, like when I grew up doing martial arts, it was not like it is today. Like, and I, I know a lot of people say things like that, but it's just true. Um, like back in when I got started, it was still you know rough and tough. Like you got beaten in class, you do the horse stance for like half the class, and then they would walk around <laughs> kick you in the legs or kick you in the stomach to make sure you're stable. And you're doing sit-ups and they're walking on your stomach, they're jumping on your stomach, and you know, and you're wow. a kid. Yeah. So. I grew up in that kind of environment, you know, and it got better. You know, it didn't, it, I never was beaten. I don't want to say I was sure. beaten as I trained, but it, was, it, it just was harder, you know. Uh, today, forget, like, if I look at the class as a kid, like, you could never pull off what happened as a kid. And even though I don't think it was that bad, right. it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't fly today. Oh, yeah. Like, You'd have police down your door in a second. Oh God, it would be absolutely. <laughs> so, so I guess through, you know, so you, you do so many years of training and in jujitsu, I, I, I would start in Kenry jujitsu. There's a lot of impact. You get thrown and, and you get hit and all that kind of stuff. So your body kind of builds a tolerance to a lot to impact mm -hmm. over time. And I think any fighter kind of does that. Like guys that go in the MMA, they build tolerance to hits and that's why they can sustain all these huge hits that most people would take one of them and they would cower to the ground. I mean, it would be over. You know, but it's just over time you get it. So, so yes, I do beat myself up when I shoot, but it looks so good on camera. And it to does. be honest, it doesn't hurt half as much as people think it does. Not to me <laughs> because it's calculated. Okay. Well, I, obviously your pain threshold has been uh, raised <laughs> with all of the, the punishment you've taken. It has. <laughs> and kick, kickbox retaliation, honestly, was the worst beating I've ever had. Oh. And I'll tell you more about it later on when we get to it. But Fantastic. I mean, literally the worst beating I've had in my whole career. I have so many questions about that movie, so we'll get to it. But let's go back uh, and tell me, how exactly did a Lebanese-Canadian kid born in Gabon, Africa, start studying jiu-jitsu and get involved in a movie about Thai kickboxing? Because listen, I don't think you hit enough countries. If you could have worked in Timor-Leste, Palau, and Djibouti, then I think you would have earned some luggage or something. <laughs> You really did your research, didn't you? That's good, man. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, no. Listen, my dad, my so so my dad was a, I was born in Gabon because my dad was a math teacher and he got a contract there. And he was with my mom. My mom's from Montreal. My dad's Lebanese. They were in Gabon at the time. I was born there. So that's all that. that all those countries came together wow. in one moment. <laughs> my dad, Lebanese, mom, Canadian, and me being born there. Wow. And then we came back to Canada. And uh, I lived in Ottawa. I lived in New Brunswick. Then I went to. Uh, I lived in Ottawa. I think it was seven years old. Okay. And uh, my, my my like I was already doing karate as a in New Brunswick. Uh, I just started, and then when we got to Ottawa, my parents wanted to register me in another martial arts class, so they brought me to this school called Terian Jiu Jitsu. And Terian Jiu Jitsu is uh, was the like a, one of very popular Jiu Jitsu school, the the like the big Jiu Jitsu school in Ottawa. And uh, when I came, I went in. I lasted about a week or two, and, <laughs> and then I wanted to quit. I just didn't. I didn't take to it, you know, so my mom actually continued my membership wow. So because she took it over. So she kept on training. I stopped. And later on, I saw Bloodsport. My, um, my friend showed me Bloodsport, and that's what got me all wanting to do more martial arts. Mm -hmm. I saw Van Damme, and I said, oh, my God, I got to be like this dude because this dude's athletic. He's got muscles, and he can kick, do the splits. And to me, that was incredible. So that uh, – I asked my parents to say, I want to go back. So my mom at the time was still training. She brought me in. She showed me all the basics. Over there, and then I started training in jujitsu at uh, Terry Jiu-Jitsu, and it's um, 
there was a, it's called Kanryu Jiu-Jitsu. It was a Canadian-style Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. And um, kind of a blend of uh, karate, some judo, and a lot of self-defense that looked like Krav Maga. It was, it was very much blended like that. And uh, we did a lot of sparring, a lot of stand-up, and um, a lot of escapes from holds and throws and all that kind of stuff. So throwing was a big part of it. So that's all the falling came from that, learning break falls and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And that's how I got, you know, that's how I got started in martial arts. And then uh, I just loved it. I was obsessed, literally obsessed with wanting to kick high and do the splits. <laughs> that was my obsession. So I would sit and watch cartoons at home in the, like in a stretch position for like half an hour, an hour. Wow. I would just do that over and over again. So it didn't, and, and I guess my body was, um, took to it. Um, my hips were open quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, by the, Two years in, I was doing the splits. Wow. It came pretty fast to me. Yeah, I hear a ripping sound anytime anybody tries that on screen, and it's 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 uncomfortable <laughs> for me. <laughs> Man, no, for me, for me, it worked, you know, and, <laughs> and I got to it. It, totally, it could have not, but it did. And uh, it's, uh, I just loved training. I loved training so much, and um, I was obsessed with martial arts movies. I loved watching yeah. martial arts movies. Great. So I just kept on going, and that's how I got into martial arts. Cool. So you spent some time in Gabon then? Two years. I spent about two years in Gabon. Uh, I Actually, I spent one year in Gabon and then one year on the Ivory Coast. Okay. Um, that was my dad's next contract. And then we came back to Canada after that. Do you actually know what the chief export of Gabon is? I do not. It, it's oil. Do you know what the second export is? No. Martial artists, apparently. So... (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right. Um, So uh, if we had to sum up your path to Hollywood, I would say that it was uh, a formula that a lot of people, uh, a lot of um, quote-unquote lucky people stumble across. It's uh, preparation plus opportunity equals success. Would that be fair to say with what happened to you? Absolutely fair to say. And it's funny enough, when I was a kid, uh, I uh, I was at a tournament and I won. Um, I won this tournament. I was, I think, 15 years old in Scarborough. And uh, we were in a car with this dude called Steve Anderson. And Steve Nasty Anderson was a major champion in the U.S. for years Mm -hmm. in point fighting and full contact fighting. Um, And he actually moved to Ottawa. And uh, him and the promoter were having this huge conversation on luck. And they were saying, this dude, I don't remember who they were talking about, he's lucky. And then Nasty was like, oh, no, he's not. That's not luck. That's not like because he was trying to compare luck, like dumb luck to Mm -hmm. Um, being, uh, I guess, at the right place, right time, right, or right. whatever. Like, so, so he said, when preparation meets opportunity, that is luck. Yeah, and I remember yeah. that quote from, like, I was 15 years old. When preparation meets opportunity, that is luck, because it's not luck. You right. know what I mean? It's, right. it's just you were ready for an opportunity. So, anyways, I thought that was pretty cool, but it kind of goes back to what you just said. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now, uh, you, you've said that you've always wanted to be. Or at least you knew from early on that you wanted to be an action star and, and martial arts and stunting was going to be your, your path there. You probably didn't know how, but uh, you knew that you wanted to do that. How did your parents take that news? Because when I was a kid, if I had gone to my parents and said, hey, I want to pay for a stunt school and I want to learn to jump out a window, my dad would say, listen, buddy, I'll throw you out the window right now. and You can wax on and wax off the car. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I told them that I, I was a huge fan of movies and, and uh, I would practice. I wasn't actually like trying to do um, – I, w- I wasn't actively – like I wanted to. But I would just do crazy stuff all the time. Like on my bike, I would do jumps and I would jump off different ramps <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was not like these play structures. I would go on top of the um, 
top of the slides and the play structure, we'd do like big sand uh, piles of sand. Yeah, yeah. And I would jump off of those and do flips and land in the big piles of sand as a mat instead of a mat. Uh, that was kind of our, the way to, to, to pad the, the ground, I guess. I would do all kinds of crazy stuff like that all the time. And my, my dad would just shake his head. He'd be like, you're crazy. And he would talk about risk and he thought I was nuts. Um, he's like one day, but I never, I never hurt myself. I never broke anything. I never came home hurt, uh, you know, bumps and bruises, but that's it. Sure. So at the time I was just kind of going through that, but I was never, I, it's funny enough, I was not like, hey, how do I become an action star? Oh, how do I get into movies? So I, I, I was like, the only, the closest I came to that was how do I become an extra in a movie? And in Ottawa, like that's pretty much as good as it gets on a, you know, there, I remember the, the biggest thing shot that I heard of was uh, Pierce Brosnan came to shoot a movie here. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my parents are like, oh, they're looking for extras. So maybe you can do that. And then we just, it just never happened. So that's as close as I got. So then it was like, I, I remember joking with my dad saying, uh, I'm going to go to circus school. Because, <laughs> you know, stunting wasn't hair. crazy enough, Alain. No, no, I'm going to go to circus school, dad. Like he was trying to say, like, what are you going to do after high school? And I was like, I don't know. Because I, I literally did not know. I was really good in school. I was successful. I was academic. But I didn't was not interested in ac being academic. I mean, I, I didn't want to pursue anything academic. So... I told him one day as a joke, quote unquote joke, like it had to be a joke for my dad, but you know, for, I was kind of serious. It was a serious, like, you know, I was testing the waters. So I'm going to go to circus school. So he just looked at me and laughed and it's like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> that was the line. That was it. And I'm like, all right, I'm not, I see where I stand with this circus school idea. So, and then I, I laughed. I was like, oh, I'm joking. Of course. Oh, shit. What am I going to do? I got to find something to do now. <laughs> oh man yeah no so so even after high school i was like I, there were so many options and i just wasn't sure but my dad always pushed me towards engineering so i ended up going into aerospace engineering that's oh. what i started after high wow. school but otherwise i mean no definitely i wanted to get but my but my dad my dad and my mom were always very very supportive of everything i wanted to do uh, they're never they were never people to stop you from doing something if it made sense and that was important for them Anything that I would try to do or I wanted to do, it had to make sense. And I had to show that I wasn't just going into it blindly. I did my research. I kind of knew what I was doing. I, you know, I was actually attacking it in a very intelligent way. And that proved to them that I could actually get it done. So that was kind of the process with my parents. But they were always very, very supportive parents. That's great. That's yeah. great. Even though you want to throw yourself out windows, but and that was cool as long as I didn't come home hurt. I didn't, if I didn't have to go to the hospital after, that was okay. No, that's good. No, that's really good. And you know, I, as a parent, hopefully, I'm that supportive too. But I'll be honest: if my daughter came to me and said, "Hey, Dad, I want to go to the circus," I'm drawing that line too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, I have a daughter too, and I'm like, I wonder what I would have said in his shoes, and probably had the same reaction. I don't know. Like, it's really weird, and I've done off the wall things, so. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I've changed, but you know what? It's funny, they even growing, like going into university and all that kind of, I changed my mind three times, I, but I, everything I did was successful while I was doing it, but then I just wasn't interested. And right, it was, right. that, that became the whole point was, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Because it is the rest of you. Like in my mind, it was like, what do I want to do? Do I want to just do something or do I want to love what I do? So my whole um, university career went from aerospace engineering to software engineering. That's what my dad did. My dad was a, uh, wow. after his, he became a uh, computer, he went into computer science after math. So 
he became a he was in the Canada Post and he was uh, very one of the highest level of uh, computer computer science that you could be. Right. Uh, he was lead programmer, all that kind of stuff. So he for him that was the way. You know, right. you go sure. with and become an engineer, or whatever. So, um, but I was always looking at the clock. Like I would, I was working for a web mm-hmm. shop and. Um, and uh, doing, and that's how I actually learned how to program. They gave me a book for three weeks and said, "Learn this, and then you start programming." So I learned how to program, and then I started programming. Wow. That was it. That was like pretty much my schooling for programming. I was going to in university, but I had to start working at it. Um, but I was looking at the clock to go teach jujitsu. I wanted to go teach jujitsu. So that one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm not meant to do something like this. I'm meant to do something active when I'm teaching. I love teaching. I'm good at it. Um, I got to do that. So I said, uh, why don't I become uh, a gym teacher? So I totally changed. I went into human kinetics to eventually go into to teaching school and then become a teacher. But even then, I was like, oh, you know, it's not enough. It's a lot of theories. So I, I want to do it right away. Um, and all this brought me to want to open a jiu-jitsu school because that's yeah. I was managing my, my instructor's jiu-jitsu school at the time at the, at, while I was doing all this. Wow. So then I'm like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to open a school and then... If I did a whole. I did a business plan. I did my research. I I put a whole package together. And all this, and my parents looked at it and they were like, "Okay, well, if you're serious, we'll back you up." Oh, that's fantastic. And they actually, they, the the reason I was able to do it, I got a business partner, which was one one of my buddies, and we put a whole plan together. We found a location. We got a lease. We, and my parents and his parents are the first people to back back us up financially, and we just jumped in, and it was very successful in the first year. That's great, and, and I, I know you're still teaching. So, um, but and we'll we'll definitely get to that because I want to find out more about that. But from there, from all of that uh, experience and and that drive to to get closer to to Hollywood, I guess um, you parlayed your stunting into not just a role but a lead role in a reboot of a somewhat revered film, particularly to to martial arts fans out there. You were obviously a huge uh, Jean Claude Van Damme fan as a kid, so. How quickly did your brain melt when you found out that you had gotten the lead role for a kickboxer reboot? Man, it, it, <laughs> the feeling was incredible, but it's like it's a mix of excitement and fear, right? Sure. It's, <laughs> it's both at the same time, but definitely it was crazy. It's, but the process to get there was even crazier. Like the way it was, because that was by the time it was announced in Cannes that I was going to be the lead in kickboxer, mm-hmm. it was uh, that was 2014. So. I had heard about. I met the producer Dimitri and the, the our, um, our writer producer, the guy who has my man. I call him my man because he gave me the opportunity. Right, right. I met him in 2011. Oh wow! Three. That's three years in the making to get to that point, um, and then another year before we started shooting. You know what I mean? So it was um, it was crazy anticipation to the point where you know we did everything. Finally, I finally got a call. I remember when I got he called me to go and test for it with Ted Field. Um, I, I, I didn't even know who Ted Field was until he told me he did The Last Samurai. Right, right. And I'm like, oh my God. So we go through all this. And then by the time I finished the physical part, which it was how he was selling it. Right. And because uh, Dimitri had to sell it to everybody else. He already knew. He wanted me. He wanted me to do it. That, that was done. But he had to sell it to everybody else. But he had to sell it strategically because if he just said, I had this kid, he can do this, blah, 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 it wouldn't work. He had to have me there physically doing stuff that people would be impressed with, mm-hmm. which we did. And then Ted Field was like, oh, this is great, but can he act? <laughs> and you're like, you're happy. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I have to act now. That's true. Right. I have to do this whole thing. So, And I, good thing, though, in the last three years, I'd been doing uh, some coaching and some workshops and all that kind of stuff. But still, I'm not like I consider myself right now a, a total rookie. 
I will okay. probably consider myself a rookie for a long time sure. because that's just my nature. But it's just, you know, so so we did some screen tests and it worked. And then by the time they announced it, I was like, oh my god! But like I said, excitement, total excitement, and like some nerves and fears. Like, oh my god, I actually got to go through with it now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's a great, it's a great idea until it actually happens, <laughs> and then then that's when doubt sets in. You know what I mean? I think that happens to everybody. Sure. Like whether you're an Olympic athlete, whether you're whatever it happens, you're doing a fight in the UFC, like you're excited about it. It's like that, you know, you finally got what you wanted and then you're like, oh God, I actually have to go through with it now. <laughs> and is it going to work? Are we going to get some uh, some good feedback on it? And and all these thoughts uh, came into my uh, my mind. So that was what how I felt. But I was crazy. I couldn't wait till my dad couldn't. Like my dad was crazy. He's, he's like... I think, can I tell people? Can I tell people? Can I, like, my dad wanted to tell people. My mom, too. And uh, I was like, you got to wait till they announce it. You got to wait. And then finally, when they announced it, they were like calling and telling people and telling their family, my family in Lebanon, and let's go. You know, it was wow. all over the place. So that, it was really exciting. That's a nice bit of vindication for them for, you know, backing you up and, you know, to have it uh, turn into something so big and so important to you. Absolutely. And you know what, though? It, 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 there was My parents always backed me up, like I said, for that. But that, by that time, um, who I have to give a lot of credit to, and I still do to this day, is my wife, because she was with me when I was going to be an engineer, mm-hmm. and then I was going to be a teacher, and then you know what? I want to be a business and work 12, 14 hours a day in it, you know, and always have it in my mind nonstop every single day of my life. So and that was the first year, and make it successful, that's great, but you're still working like weekends and nights and all that kind of stuff, and but that's one change, two changes, three changes, and all of a sudden, oh, you know what? I want to start stunt work. And guy, uh, by the way, I'm going to be gone for six months in Montreal doing Immortals. That's next. <laughs> and then it's like that's a different world. Like yeah. you're talking a different world at this point. It's not a normal world. It's a, it's a this mystic, mystical world of movies that nobody knows about, really. Right. You know. So then there's that, and then all of a sudden, now I'm going to start acting. By the way, that's going to be so. But you know what? She was supportive all the way through. Nervous, That's great. definitely, sure. doubtful sometimes, as I was. But you know what? In the end, she was always very supportive. And what she would say is, go and do those acting workshops. Go and do it. She just pushed me to work harder. And that's it. And that's the, pretty much what she wanted me to do um, through the whole thing. That's what she's, in, she's incredible. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and speaking of that, the, the acting, you, you obviously had the fight skills to bring to that whole project. Uh, you had that frighteningly skilled cast around you. You had Dave Batista, Gina Carano, Georges St. Pierre, who just shook the world with his UFC victory. Um, so proud of him. Yeah. So yeah, proud yeah. of him. <laughs> that was great. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Good for him. Good for him. I, yeah. I said, I had no doubt. I, that was my prediction. Really? I had, I had, oh yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed from the beginning. Everybody's like, yeah, but he's bigger. I'm like, I don't care. He's going to bring him to the ground. He's going to ground and pound him. And he's going to do something. That's, I, I know where he's going with this. It's like, he's going to, I think, you know what, Ben, I think, listen, some people watch the UFC and say, oh, that guy sucks. I'm like, well, he's in the UFC. He doesn't suck. Right, right. The lowest person in the UFC does not suck. Of They're course. already good. They're of already course. great, you know, because they got there. So anybody in the UFC is amazing. So by the time you win the chance, people are like, oh, he's not that good. I'm like, well, he won. He's the world champion, man. He he beat out Anderson Silva. He beat out Rockhold. He Like, oh, my God, listen, this is the list. We got a list here. So Bisbing is good. He's great. He's awesome. However. George is greater. And George is way more technical. Bisming is a really good scrapper and a good fighter, and he's able to get it done. Now, George is a very technical and intelligent fighter. Everything he he does is strategic. 
and it's meant to take the to expose his opponent's weaknesses all the time. And that's what he did. And I'm like, he's going to be very strategic about the way he approaches this fight because of who he is and the way he trains and the way he's done every other fight he's done in his career. So obviously I said, if Bisbing hits him really hard at the right time, he's going to get him because he's a bigger guy, he's a stronger guy, everything. But he's got to get there. So George, if George does what George does, <laughs> he's going to win. And you know what? That was the result. So I was so happy for him. I thought I think he, it's great. And he's the nicest guy. Yeah, no, so was, that, awesome. that was great. And again, with all of that, fighting skill all around you that must have made you nice and comfortable in uh, in kickboxer vengeance but when it came to acting not not a lot of you guys were particularly skilled as actors because you were all fighters or you had all you know you had a fight background so what did you guys do to kind of pull each other through that <laughs> well listen i had before we got into it, like I said, I, I took five months and uh, I was I just finished on uh, on Warcraft and then I, I started with a coach right after that. And I, for five months, all I did is train acting with him, okay. um, just to start start the process. Now on set, luckily I started with Batista and Dave. Although also like, maybe he's physical, but he had a lot more experience. Sure. Like Dave had done movies, and he, you know what? And Dave works at it hard. Like right. he has a coach. He's he's always improving his craft. You know, and so. To work off Dave to start was an awesome thing for me because he was experienced and I was able to feed off of him to get things done. Now, the other ingredient for me is Dimitri, Logothetis. Dimitri is our producer and mm -hmm. Dimitri knows how to coach me on set. Dimitri has got tremendous experience and he knows me so well. He can communicate everything he wants to me and direct me in the right way. Um, he knows how to speak to me. So Dimitri there as a you know producer slash coach to me Plus, being able to feed off a guy like Batista to start got me started the right way. But you know, I'm always I'm always asking questions. I'm always trying to learn how do I improve this? How do I become better at this craft? Um, so then, obviously, with George, who's a total rookie too, <laughs> he's not an actor. So <laughs> right. you know, but but again, like it was you know it's just different. But you try to do the best you can, try to be as natural as you can, and just follow the direction that you you're given to, like by the coach. And that's pretty much the whole concept. Is sensei says this, okay, I'll I'll do this. Sure. And if you're, I, I feel like if you're in that mindset, um, you're able to improve pretty quickly. Um, instead of being in your own mind and trying to do whatever you think is right, as opposed to listening to people that have more experience than you do, you know? <laughs> right, right, so, so then, and then Jean-Claude comes in and mm -hmm. you know, John, when Jean-Claude comes in with 25, 30 years of experience mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he came into the business, not an actor. Like he's not, he came in as a martial artist, as a physical guy and, and just wing, like winged it, literally winged it. That's what he did to start. He winged it. Right. And somebody put him in and said, say this. And he said it with his funny accent. And that was it. You know, that's, and that worked. His charm worked. Hey, and, and speaking, yeah. And speaking of working, um, as a, as an outsider, uh, but as a fan, um, Kickboxer Vengeance, I think is an absolute worthy, uh, addition to the whole Kickboxer franchise. You guys absolutely killed it. The action was fantastic. You know, acting. Thank you. Thank it, you. It, I it really was. appreciate that. That's very nice. Thank you. Oh, it was great. Um, and the, the fights with, uh, you and Batista are ridiculous in, in all the best ways. Oh, good. Good. Well, I'm happy you said, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's really fun to hear, you know, it's, yeah. uh, cause it was, it was so much fun to shoot and such a great learning experience and to work with the, the guys. And it was awesome. But that, that fight that you like, Oh my God, that you, if you only knew how that was shot, man, uh, holy crap. It's, it's bananas. It's, and uh, like, those are one of the, that fight scene is one of the ones where you kind of have to stop it and rewind it and see just how 
you accomplish some of these moves because it doesn't look like it should be physically possible. Some of the things that you guys had to do, but it, when it, when you let it flow, man, it looked great. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, no, no, no. Thank you guys. Um, but, um, what was more, uh, nerve wracking for you, uh, picking up the boots for, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and having him on set, watching you every day or, uh, reenacting that dance scene. Ah, no, the dance scene, I was pro at it. I've been practicing for years. I was looking forward to it. I, you know what? I, I, because it was the one number one question that everybody asked me, are you going to do the dancing? Are you going to do that? Like in every interview, everything, are you, is the dancing in there? Like at some point, because it wasn't in the script. Oh, yeah, the sure. dancing was not in the script. And I told Dimitri one day, I'm like, we got to put that dancing in, man. Like it's just, the, the, it's this thing. Um, but but at, at the same time, here's like, here was my take on that. I'm like, there's no way to recreate that magic because that magic was there because Van Damme did it. Right. Van Damme did it at the time. And it was, and you got to remember today, everybody passes on this video and they love it and they laugh and all that kind of stuff. And the date came out though. It was ridiculous. Oh yeah. You got to yeah, remember yeah. that. Oh yeah. I, I loved it. And, but it was kind of, but that's the, that's the beautiful part of it is how ridiculous it is. Yep. That's the most charming part about it. And to re- try to recreate that would be impossible to me. <laughs> Right, so I said the only way to do it is to have an homage to it, yep. and because I've been doing it since I was 12 years old, <laughs> I'm sure I can recreate it and homage it the right way. So on the last day we shot, finally we said, and I, I told him we should make it a credit scene. It'd be great, and Dimitri loved it. He said, "Yeah, let's do it side by side with as oh, a credit scene," uh, yeah, and yeah, that was his idea. And we're like, oh my God. And that's the total, total. So everybody's sort of end of the film saying, "Oh, he did it doing the dancing," and all of a sudden it pops up. <laughs> You didn't wear that that trademark black tank top, high pant combo that uh, Jean Claude was wearing, though. I know, I know. <laughs> I wish I was. It was. It would have been even better. But you know, the last day, and honestly, that, that when we shot it, last day of photography, we had just finished a fourteen hour day. Me and Jean Claude, because that was the whole prison part. Right. That was a one day shoot. The whole prison thing was a one day shoot. Wow. So. We finished that, and at the end, everybody's done, and they say, "Okay, Alain, go do the dancing." And I, I said, okay, I'm going to come out. You start the music. I'm going to come out of the, the, the cell and I'm going to start and just let it flow. Let me see what happens. And they're like, okay. So they start the music and we go, we shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And I keep on dancing. I keep on going. And until I'm, I said, okay, and like after a minute and a half or whatever, I said, I'm done. That's good. And everybody's like, oh my God. They could not believe what like, they had just seen. And I remember Sarah. Sarah's like, are you serious right now? Like, how the hell did you pull that off? Like, like you. It's, and like, listen, I've been doing this since I was a kid. <laughs> I've been waiting for this my whole life. Man, I've been waiting for this. My That's exactly, that was like the icing on the cake right there. You know, I got to do the dance scene. And you know what? I had so many, so much positive feedback on the fact that it was an homage and it was on the, in the credits. It, so much positive feedback on that. It was awesome. No, I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. But um, did Jean-Claude get to see that on set that day? No, he was now he was gone already. <laughs> oh man! Uh, he was smart. I would have pulled him in with me, so he was uh, yeah, smart that's to leave. What, I would. That's what I was gonna say. Because if there was any way that you could have pulled him in with you to do it together, I think that would have uh, that would have blown that wide open. <laughs> well, you never know what the future holds. <laughs> oh, you can't you can't tease like that. <laughs> well, listen, like I said, you never know what the future holds. I don't know. We'll see. We'll All right. see. All right. So, um, tell me a little bit more about that because. You know, Jean-Claude was your hero. This is Kickboxer. It's a big movie. Uh, it was it was very meaningful to martial arts fans, especially in the 80s and 90s. And now you've got Jean-Claude there on set with you. Did it ever feel like some kind of weird pressure because you had the man right there in front of you? 
Well, yeah, you, you, but not from him, from myself. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. he he was great. Jean Claude is awesome, man. He called me the day he got on, the, like actually the day after he got on the movie, the way they announced it. He called me on my phone, and because uh-huh. uh, we had talked, we had met before, by the way. He we we had met on another project actually. Oh, okay. And uh, so he calls me, and then he says, "Hey, uh, I just wanted to see what you're shooting today." And I said, "I'm shooting the death scene with the brother with Darren." You know, rest in peace, Darren. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, so, so I remember that I was we were shooting that scene, and uh, he's like, "Okay, what are you gonna do? What do you think?" And then we started discussing it for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and and that was it. And then he says, "Yeah, anytime you want to discuss something, call me, and we'll just shoot the shit and, and discuss it." So that was pretty cool. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's very fun." And he was never pushing anything on me at all. He was just talking about it, and it was really cool, you know. So. I guess the only pressure when it was the day that we in Thailand, when he came in the first day, um, I was really nervous because now I like we're going to be in the scene together. And, mm. you know, this is like now I'm, I'm, I'm putting that pressure on me. I got to be good. I got to all this kind of stuff is going through my mind until I realized that he was just as nervous as I was. Really? Oh, God, man. And he told me, Jean-Claude, he's like he's for day one on any shoot. He still gets those nerves the same way he did before. Wow. It's like and then he gets comfortable. And he goes and he's a pro. He's always great. But. It's he he does get nervous on day. He told me, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like I love seeing that because even though I've been doing, let's say, I, I equate it to martial arts. I had been doing stage shows for a long time. I started doing stunt work. I'm on set with big crew, crews and, and directors and actors and all this kind of stuff. And I remember a few years back, I went back into the stage show in high school with one of my students. Okay, and I'm I'm doing Immortals, White House Down, and all this kind of like X Men. And right. I go back to a high school stage. Okay doing a martial arts demonstration on the high school stage. I was more nervous on the high school stage than I was when I was on set. <laughs> it was stupid. I was like, what, what is going on with me right now? This is nothing. This is like, to, but, but it is not nothing. Every sure, single sure. performance counts for me because it's a performance. It's yeah, live. You get yeah. to do it once. You get, you, you're showcasing yourself, your skills in front of people, and you're hoping that it goes well, and you take it to heart. You're passionate about it. So naturally, you, you have nerves. I usually use those nerves to make my performance better. I am able to channel that nervousness into something positive. Um, so on set that day, to go back to that, I'm like realizing he's nervous too. And then we're talking, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's day one, you know, I'm kind of nervous. And, and I'm like, oh my God, that just made me feel so much better. That's and cool. it yeah. just flowed after that. We just went and it was like this great, great chemistry. And it was, we had a good time. You know what I mean? That's so great. after that day, I'm like, we're good. We're, I can, cool. I, like, I can, I can do like no problem. This is good. And I guess the other thing that I, I had to get uh, past saying what you're saying about you know you think this role you have to be Van Van Damme did it. It's such an iconic and all this. Mm-hmm. I, I had to get over the fact that you know no matter what you do a remake, people are going to judge it. Sure. They're going to be and fans are going to look at what they're they're going to compare it to the movie they loved as a kid yep. and they had so many they they have such an emotional attachment to. That naturally, I mean, a lot of people won't like it. They'll say, oh, mine, like, mine was better, not this one. And, and that's normal. And sure. you know what? I'm the same way. Yeah. I, like, I, I'll look at a new remake and I'll be, oh, you know, a little. I, there's a little bit of that. Not anymore because I've done it now. So it's like <laughs> right, right. less of it. But anyways, I had to, so I got over that. I'm like, and uh, I'm not going to try to recreate with Van Damme in the day. No, we're doing this new thing, this new right. story. And, and Dimitri wrote it in a way where it's a new story. It has, it's totally different. It's got a, it's got a different tone. Mm-hmm. And... We're creating something new for a new generation. It's not about trying to recreate magic that was in an older generation. Right. You can't do that. It's sure. impossible. I don't think you can do that. You have to try to recreate your new magic, right. and that's the that's the goal here. So as soon as we started, like I had that mindset, 
um, I didn't even think about it anymore. At that's all. cool. No, that's great. That's great. I, it's it's nice to hear that he was so supportive, especially when it's uh, it's it's a real almost physical passing of the baton from his Kurt Sloan to your Kurt Sloan, you know, but yeah, but, I, but you know, it, that's, that's, that's great. And I mean, like you were saying, it, there's no reason for you to be another Jean-Claude Van Damme. You want to be the first Alain Moussi, right? So you got it, man. That's exactly it. And, and it, obviously I knew that it would start, you know, the new Jean-Claude Van Damme, that's been the thing, the catchphrase going like after the first film, the new Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I understand the marketing behind it, and that's cool. And that's okay. I mean, a good. And you know, what? I'll take it as a compliment. That's mm-hmm. great. You know, because of what it represents. It represents a guy who came out of nothing, created this movie, and became a huge success, and had an international film career. You know what? Right. I'll be that new guy. No problem. Right. I'll take it. No, good. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know, if that, if that's what it means, perfect. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm happy with it. Sure. If you don't want it, I'm over here too. You know. But <laughs> there you go. Send it over. <laughs> Pass the ball. <laughs> All right, now you've got uh, you've got the sequel now uh, that's coming out in January, Kickboxer Retaliation, and that's got an even crazier cast. And I need to know how <laughs> how the Mountain, uh, how poor Julius Bjornsson, uh, Raiden, you got Christopher Lambert, uh, Ronaldinho, and Mike Tyson. What kind of uh, things were being smoked in casting that day to put this cast together? <laughs> Such a bunch of misfits, don't you think? <laughs> What a great cast! Explain. I know, right? And that's what, that's what I said. Like I'm like I'm like you know when I look at the cast, I, I swear I say this is a bunch of misfits. And Dimitri says it's the expendables of martial arts. We put everybody together, we just mix them in the pot. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but it, that's what the magic. The magic is because it's a bunch of misfits. It doesn't look like it's cookie cutter. It looks like it's a bunch of God knows what of people put in this movie, and it becomes interesting because they're so different one from the other. Right. And. That's the most interesting about it, you know? But definitely, like, it, the, the way it worked, I'll tell you, like, with all the MMA fighters, we our other producer, Rob Hickman, um, who's just awesome. He, he had strong ties to the UFC and to different um, people in the fight game. So Rob, when Rob came in, he would be like, and he's got, uh, and, and also in the, the whole sports world. So I remember we were shooting in Vegas the first week with, uh, with Mike because we had to shoot one week in Vegas with Mike Tyson. He was doing a show at the same time. So mm-hmm. we, that was his availability. So Rob would come up to me and say, okay, Alain, I, I got uh, – so I got for you um, tomorrow. We're going to have Ronaldinho is going to come in. Uh, he's going to do things. So you got to just find, figure a way to make him fit. What? And they, they would walk away. What? This is not, by the way, this is not scripted. Like, the, like I swear, like he's not in the script. Like we have the scenes with Mike in the script. And then he's like, okay, then I got Brian Shaw, who's the strongest man in the world. He's gonna, probably going to beat Hafthor, maybe. I don't know. But he's like, right now he's number one. Hafthor's number two. But he's going to come on. So I'll fly him in. And you got to put him, just put him in there somewhere. Fit, make, it, make it work. He tell me <laughs> and Dimitri this. Make it work. And we're like, okay. So by the way, I've done like, like in the second film, I took over fight coordinating. Um, and my friend J.F. Lachapelle was stunt coordinating. So, and we, I, I, we were fight coordinating together. Like we designed, we have a team together. We have a whole team that designs with us. And it's just, the coordination part is making those decisions. That's what it comes down to. It's not about choreographing the whole thing. Never, I wouldn't, I'm, I don't have the, all the best ideas. I have a bunch of people I know that have great ideas. And, but it's making those decisions in the end to say what we keep and what we give away. You know, so that's really, really important. And establishing style and all that kind of stuff. So we had done that, me and JF together. So, then we're like, we had this whole thing figured out with Tyson. So then he's like, okay, well, I got, I got Brian Shaw's. So you got to make it fit. Then we got Ronaldinho. What are you going to do with him? And then we got um, Roy Nelson. Yeah, I want to bring Roy tomorrow. You want Roy tomorrow? I'll bring Roy tomorrow. So we had these sh- scenes to shoot with Mike. But then he throws in 
uh, Ronaldinho, he throws in Fabricio, he throws in um, <laughs> uh, Brian Shaw. He, and then we got to fit all this stuff in, invent these new training sequences or the purpose of that. And Dimitri will not just put them in there. He needs to build a story around them to make it make sense. So, because he like that's the kind of director he is. He's got to make sense of it story-wise. It can't just be let's put him in there for no reason. So, he, while he's figuring out the whole story part, I'm figuring out how to make sense in the action, training, mm-hmm. slash, you know, I, so to make it all make sense for when it all comes together in the end. Because whatever those guys come in, they usually have something to bring right. to the story, which affects. T- the end in this case because of the fight movie it'll affect the end fight and so there's something to learn for the character all this kind of stuff so you got to make sense of all that before you've shot anything and not in the day of because he's bringing these people in on the day so <laughs> every single day was like that i swear he would come up and say i got this dude and i got that dude and i got that dude you want that dude you want me to take you want it and i'm like uh okay sure yeah bring him in we'll figure it out and we're figuring out as we go. And that's literally what happened with those guys. All this, those, that cast is that we would figure it out as we went. Wow. And, and you know what? It came together. That's the crazy part. It all came together magically. And at the end, when we were cutting the whole thing, man, it just made sense. It worked. It totally, it was really, really cool. Very cool. So where exactly in this entire process were you getting beat on so much? Oh, man. I got beat on by Tyson. That was in Vegas. Like that fight, I have a, there's a huge altercation between Kurt Sloan and Mike Tyson. <laughs> so, um, but that, that fight, like, oh my God, that would be, and that was our day one of <laughs> photography. So, Welcome to the movie. We, Get your ass kicked. Me, man. So on that day, like we're doing this fight and, and Mike's a great dude, by the way. He's awesome. He's so nice. He's like, we met and we hit it off and, you know, he's very calm and all this kind of stuff. And we showed him what we wanted to do. By the way, throw rehearsal. There's zero, like this film has zero rehearsal time. It's all on the day. So we get here, I show him a sequence, we do it. We show, show a sequence, we do it. It was pretty Whoa. much that. That's how we shot the movie. Wow. So it like so we're doing these things and I'm like, yeah, I want you to have some contact in the body, obviously, because it looks better on camera and we're shooting with the, these high-speed cameras. So you're actually going to see the impacts if there's slow motions and all that kind of stuff, right? So, um, so we go at it, boom, bang, and these like – there's your hits. <laughs> we talk about taking hits, like you're taking hits from Mike Tyson. You know, it's hardcore. So at some point, we're, we're doing this, all this dance, this fighting. And after a take, uh, JF comes up to me and he's like, hey, um, how do you feel? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm okay. And he's like, so, like, you're really okay? Or are you just saying you're okay? Or like, are you hurt? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm like, just let it, you know, because like, I could say something. And I'm like, don't you say a word. Don't say, oh, I'm going to take it, number one. And number two, if you say something, it's going to affect performance. Like, I know, but I'm just asking because that's my job. I got to ask. And I'm like, but he knew exactly who he was talking to, right? So I'm like, there's no way you're going to say a word. Let's just keep on going. Wow. So we kept it going. And Mike, Mike knows how hard he's hitting, by the way. Like, he has control. He's got a lot of control. Yeah. And if I would have told, told him to, you know, kind of go lighter or whatever, he would have done it. Like, he knows what he's doing. But the whole thing is I thought it looked better. I thought the playbacks looked sick. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it looks like he's destroying me. So let's keep it because that works. <laughs> it looks like he was destroying you. <laughs> Dude, man. That, that, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so it looks brutal. And that's, uh, but, sure. but that's, but he, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. When something like this happens, it's magical because yeah. it will not happen with anybody else. 
No, that's great. I don't know. I have not worked with one actor, not one, that would take hits like this from Mike Tyson. <laughs> so what that means is nobody can re- will recreate what I just did because they won't take it. They can't take it. They well, can't. Like well, it's just, they, it just comes with – because I've built it over years. Right. But, but they also don't want to wind up in the hospital. You got it. <laughs> so that becomes very unique. And it becomes something that people will watch and say, yeah. oh, my God, how this, this, does this guy take a beating like this? And I'm telling you why, because it's been done over years. And I know it will be something special. So it's yeah. worth it. It's worth every second, you know? So that was one, one, one major beating. <laughs> that, that was just one. <laughs> but half Thor, I mean, that, that whole fight, because I do like I, I do some beating up, too. I, I don't want to sure, just sure. say I'm beating up. So, but half Thor, that was seven days of, let, let's just, you know, obviously he beats me, beats on me a little more than I beat on him in this, in, mm. in this end fight, right? Um, and when he does beat on me, damn, it's like some beating. <laughs> so there's these spots where he's got he's got me. There's this, this one move where he grabs me by the throat and then by the stomach and he tosses me. And as far as he can, pretty much, okay, yeah. like a strong man toss. Yep, yep. And we had we, we set it up, and I'm like, okay, so I want you to, like I said, there's no rehearsal. So I just tell him, okay, half throw, what are you going to do? And then you're going to grab me, and then you're just going to toss me. He's like, what do you mean? I'm going to toss you. Like, you're going to throw me as far as you can. He's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, you just, just, oh just trust me, just do it, just trust me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but he doesn't question it. He just says, okay, and you know, I'll do it. But I never expected to go that far. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm thinking I'm going to go out and then dip like about, you know, three, four feet out and fall. And that, you know, I'll make it work. So, <laughs> he's, action well, goes. I mean, he's like 11 and a half feet. Dude, he's like, yeah, exactly. He's six foot 10, 420 pounds. Oofa. He's huge. And so he grabs me and on action, he tosses me. I'm flying. I'm like, oh my god! I have time to process this in my mind as I'm flying through the air, thinking, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and I flew easily, ten to twelve feet. Wow! Wow! Out, you know. And I'm let's and I'm seven feet in the air, obviously, because I'm like at top of his arms. So right. he's seven feet. So I'm like like almost eight. Like that's a toss, <laughs> and I can't believe how far. So at this, so I land. Boom! I tumble on the ground. And then I, I get up, and then finally they cut it, and everybody's like, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. How does it look? So we go to check it out, and I see the playback, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, we got to do it again. And everybody's like, no, why? No, stop. <laughs> Dimitri's like, ah, oh, come on, Alain, it's good. Let's move on. And I'm like, no, there's no way we're moving on. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it again because I anticipated the fall. You see my hand there? It kind of anticipated. Wow. And they're all like, wow what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I ain't going to have it. That's a stunt. It looks stunty. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have it. Let's do it again. So we ended up doing it again. And finally, two more times, actually. Wow. And, yeah. And then we just did all, and, But now I kind of knew what it felt like. So it was even better. So the one we kept was awesome. Like, it, literally, <laughs> I'm flying through the air, not knowing where I'm going to land. And it looks all bad. Like, it just it looks like bad business. That's, that's it. That's and great. that's what I love. I love when it looks like that. But that was seven days, that fight, we seven days of falling, being slammed, hit, boom, everywhere. Dude, it was a beating. That's cool. But it was the best beating I've ever had and so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, uh, what I, why I appreciate that. Um, 
I grew up on kung fu films, and the the kung fu films that I grew up on, man, these guys were not stunt doubles. They weren't they weren't stepping in for somebody else. There were nobody there was nobody doubling them. These guys were doing the martial arts themselves. They were taking the falls. They were taking the hits, and they were getting into it. And uh, it was it was invigorating to see that kind of skill and that kind of action all going on with a with an angle of the camera where you can see everything going on. You know, you weren't hiding behind dark lighting and you weren't uh, editing and chopping things up so that it looked like it was just pieced together. Um, you know, there's some martial arts on screen right now that that do that and it's kind of disappointing. So when somebody like you comes on and is eager to not just sell the action but actually do all of that stuff, that, I think that's cool, man. I think that's that's... That that's what gets the adrenaline going when you can see that person right up on there taking that hit, taking that kick, and then dishing it back out again. That's that's the good stuff. Well, awesome. Well, you know what? You're gonna get your fix coming up in January for sure. Because <laughs> I was looking. We did a screening two weeks ago, three no, like uh, three weeks ago, I think. We I was in LA for a screening and uh, like a cast and crew private screening type thing. And at this first time I saw the movie, so I'm sitting down and we're watching this whole thing. And we get you know we get to the end. And we got great reactions of the crowd. You know. Um, and we get towards the end fight and I started looking around at the crowd and as the fight goes on, people are not just watching it. They're cringing. They're <laughs> literally, like, oh, and a big hit comes in and they're like, oh, and I see them and I'm like, oh my God, they're like, they're, they're all concerned right now. This is like, this is great. It's amazing. Cause they're reacting to what's going on. Like it's real. Like the, like, but it, cause it is, yeah, it's so yeah. friggin' real because of these but they're reacting to it perfectly, which is something that you were not going to get in most movies because you, you know, Listen, I saw Thor recently and I loved it. I thought it was so fun. I don't know if you've seen it, Thor oh, yeah, Ragnarok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, dude, it's it's funny. It's probably one of the funniest uh, superhero movies I've seen. Cool. It's fun. It's a fun movie. However, you get a CG monster hitting, mm-hmm. you know, Thor, and mm-hmm. Thor flies, and we cut, 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 you right. know, three times. Right. So no matter what, you disconnect from the whole reality of it, guaranteed. Like you're like, oh, that was cool, but you're not like, oh, that must hurt because there's like a joke after right. that and whatever. Right. This, like, you forget about that. You're like, you, I, you get, I, you see me get hit, and you're like, you hold your head. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> they kept on shooting after that. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. a whole, that's not right. This is not right, guys. Like, we got to <laughs> stop all this. You got to stop making these movies. Cause it's not right, you know. No, that's funny. No, not and but yeah, yeah, and I like that too. That and I, you know, I had a, a conversation with one of your colleagues, Amy Johnson. Uh, I also talked with uh, another actor who 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 does all his own work, Kung Lee. Um, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that that really sells that action because you're all skilled at your craft. You know, acting and martial arts, and that martial arts really translates on screen when you're actually doing it and you're. You're taking those falls, man. You and once you mix it up the way that you know how to mix it up, that looks real and it sells that whole scene. Absolutely, I agree. And that's what's. And I hope that comes back because it's a, it's something that's been lost for a long time. And I go. I hope it really. You know what though? Here's the thing about having all these CG movies and everything. When people see something real, they appreciate it because right now it's different from what they've, ever, they've been seeing for the last few years. Right. They've been seeing CG and stunt doubles and all that kind of stuff. All of a sudden, they see something different and they connect to it automatically. They're like, oh my God, that was different. What, what's going on here? Oh, They're yeah. curious about it. And I think I think that's going to come back now, which is amazing. I, I love the reality of like, feeling some reality in the films that we're, we're watching. You know? Right. right. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, you're doing all of this action. You're You're not afraid to mix it up you're not afraid to put your body in harm's way are you ever worried about pigeonholing yourself into a role where you 
have to do all of that action. So maybe you can't do the uh, the I don't know what the the different kind of acting work where they need to put a stunt double in for you. Well, I you know what I, I think that no matter what, when you're you're you you gotta what do you got you gotta get yourself an audience. You know you gotta start with an audience, a basic audience. Everybody does. You you start you know doing these films, kickboxer. And number one, I love doing it. I'm able to do it. I'm physically still able to do it. So I'm going to take advantage of that and do it as long as I can. Um, and at the same time, hopefully. Um, yeah, like create an audience and own an audience that I have doing these films. And one day, you know what? I am totally in. Uh, I already know that one day they're going to say, "Ali, you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this right, because right. we can't put this movie in jeopardy." And all of a sudden, I'll have a stunt double step in for something that I really want to do. Right. Um, and it's okay, but I think that you got to start with having having an audience. And then you can move on, you know. Sure. I, I don't think it'll pigeonhole me at all as long as I keep on working on the craft and I keep on progressing and evolving as an actor. And I think that's very important. Yeah. If I can do that and I understand what my audience wants and who they are and what, you know, and I know what my range is, I think that, you know, you can keep on going as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a different audience now uh, away from the films. You've got a school in Canada where you teach martial arts. What do you teach? Tell me more about that school. Uh, so I teach jujitsu and kickboxing. Okay. Um, mainly, I, like, I, I teach the art that I, I grew up doing, like, was, which is, was jujitsu, but I kind of blend a lot of things in there. Mm -hmm. Like we blend Krav Maga a lot. And, and it's funny enough, I watched Krav Maga videos and I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been doing for so many years. It's kind of self-defense and reality, real self-defense. and Or I would not real, I wouldn't want to call it real self-defense. It's more of a reality-based um, or drill-based training mm -hmm. that I had been doing that looked a lot like Krav Maga. Um, elements were very similar. So what I've done, like what we teach at the uh, our, our, in our school is we have jiu-jitsu. We have a kids program, kids martial arts, again, with, which is blended, striking, takedowns, um, and grappling. Um, and we teach kickboxing classes. We teach fitness classes. And it's great. It's so much fun. Cool. Now, um, do you, so you teach uh, kids. Do you teach adults as well? Yeah, both. Okay, yeah, because I'm I'm 46, so I'm I'm old, but I'm going to try to uh, introduce myself to martial arts or reintroduce myself. I took it very sparingly when I was a kid, but um, people have told me that it's not too late, so I'm going to try it again. But uh, I, I don't know how I would survive in a class like yours, dude. 46, you're young. You stop. <laughs> You got to stop telling yourself you're old because some people they're they're 79. So you're, you know, you're young. <laughs> you're right. a pup. You're you're a puppy still. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, you, what what you have to do though, you have to take it progressively. Sure. That's the secret. Yeah. Anything anything in moderation is good, right? So you can't just go like a lot of people I see start a martial arts program and like I'm gonna go ten times a, ten times a week and I'm like <laughs> stop, relax. Start with two. Right. Just relax. Take right. two times a week for the first month. And have fun and enjoy. Start learning the basics. Get your body used to the training. And then jump to three. And then maybe to four. Right. But rest is as important as activity. You yeah. know, you got to understand mm -hmm. what what your body needs. And you got to – because this is a lifestyle change, right? You right. go from not doing it to doing it. So then as long as you do that and you go at it progressively, you start, you know, kind of monitoring your diet. You start all these kind of things that you need to do to prepare your body to – Take in the training in the best way possible. That's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to do it progressively. Nothing, yeah. nothing all out. You know. Good advice. I think a lot. I think a lot of people just go all out, and either they get injured or 
they, they get really sore. So that discourages you. Oh my God, I'm really too sore. I can't do this. I'm too old. That's, that's, I, I hear that all the time. I'm like, yeah, cause you weren't doing anything. And then all of a sudden you started, you went five times this week. <laughs> of course you're sore, man. That's just, everybody would be, you know, it's, yeah. but, but you, you don't want to do that. I'll tell you right now. I'm not going five times a week. <laughs> there you go. So that's my advice to you. Go progressively. And you know what? Just start in one art. Don't mix it up yet. Yep. You should start in one, focus on one and get comfortable in a routine. Once you have that, once you're in a routine doing it and it's regular, then if you're curious, let's say you start in kickboxing, you go and you do that or Kung Fu or karate, whatever it is, you start in whatever you do. And all of a sudden you get curious because in the school where you go, they also do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mm -hmm. Well then do a few months of one thing and then say, okay, I want to start cross training after that. Once you're comfortable doing that one thing, because a lot of people, again, they'll say, oh, I want to cross train right away, but then they don't have enough time to commit to cross train properly. So then they get okay. They start learning tidbits of everything, but they never really get good. So the only way to feel, um, feel good about your training is to feel progress. The only way to feel progress is to practice enough of that one art to be able to, pro- to have progress. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely my advice to you. Cool. Um, how long before I can fly across rooftops and on trees? That could be like tomorrow if you want to. I mean, you put, you on a, put you on a catapult and you're flying, man. It's... All right. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll hold off on that. <laughs> what kind of flying do you want to do? That's the question. I want to be able to land. Okay, if I can guarantee uh, that. You see, there you go. That's even more important. <laughs> All right. Um, so for your class, now that you're, uh, you're, you're the star of Kickboxer, do you ever get fanboys coming in and uh, want to be like you right away and then take a few classes and then drop out? Um, I, you know what? I haven't encountered that all that much. I have, I've counted people coming in, you know, I've had people come in to take a picture before that's that happened, yeah. uh, but not, it's, it's rare that I got somebody who says, says, okay, I want to train and I want to be like that. And then, you know, within a few weeks, all of a sudden they're discouraged. No, because if somebody would come up to me with that, I would set them straight right away type thing. You know, I, not, not in a, not in a condescending way, but sure. just in a, I would be real with them as a good coach. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the, MMA culture, uh, UFC culture mm-hmm. has built that a lot. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people when MMA became popular, they wanted to start, they watched three UFCs and they all popped up because they saw George St. Pierre kill somebody. And <laughs> <laughs> so then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I want to go in. And they go in and they think they're a UFC fighter before they even walk through the door, you know, because they watched it. Sure. So all of a sudden they do, they come in and say, yeah, I want to fight, I want to fight. I'm like, well, you want to learn something first or you want to fight right away? <laughs> I don't know, like, we, you, know, you, we, you know, you can fight if you want and put sure. gloves on and fight. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, you want to learn something, that'd, that'd be good. Yeah. So I've seen people go into a, a training session and after one training session where they discover this, there's actually years of training behind all this and people don't get good in one class. They're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And it's been one class because they weren't good right away. Right, right. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not a fighter right now. And I'm like, of course you're not, dude. Like these people have been training for their entire lives. So it's almost like you need a psychological coaching session first yeah. before to, to manage expectations. And I'm very real when it comes to that. I don't sell anything that's not real when it comes to progress and results and the type of training you're going to do and all that kind of stuff. Like some people say, I want to go learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And at, at the first class, I'm like, when do I roll? You know, when do I get to roll? Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, You've done haven't done anything yet, so maybe in three months, and they're like, oh god, no, I want to roll. I'm like, so you want to go and roll? You don't know anything. You don't know what a mount position. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen the UFC. I'm like, oh my god, here we go. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's but that's what it is. And the reality of it, it's an art. The people have been practicing for years and years and years. And even my my um, my instructors, the machados. I mean, dude, if you ask them when should a student roll, it's oh, you give them three months to learn some stuff and to drill and drill and drill and drill and drill. And then maybe you roll because now you're not just going to use strength. You're actually going to use some technique that you've learned, that you've practiced. And that's all great BJJ people. That's the same thing. It's like saying, I'm going to go into my first kickboxing class and learn a jab and a cross. And then I want to get into the ring. Yeah. You're like, are you yeah. crazy? Yeah. No, you can't do that. And, and that's, that, those are the kind of expectations you have to manage these days. You know? It's so like, Yeah, that, that fight culture is permeating, you know, and uh, yeah, everybody wants to be good right away it's it's human nature of course but yeah it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle and you gotta you gotta take it slow and, and when it comes to stunt work i mean I, a lot of people tell me oh hey i want to get into that stunt stuff i'm like oh my god sure <laughs> yeah good that's sure I, I listen i wouldn't never be somebody to discourage somebody what have you done oh you know i'm gonna start training now i'm like oh okay yeah just to realize i had i got in when i was 28 I was 28 years old. I had been training since I was 10. So I had 18 years Ooh, yeah. of martial arts training and falling before I even started training with a stunt team. So you're telling me you have no background. Right, right. And today you want – so sure, yeah, I'll encourage you. But here's what you need to do. you got to start doing this and that, this and that and that and that. Do that for a few months. Then come back to me and tell me how you feel. And if you want to continue, that's fine. And it's funny enough, my cousin – um, my little cousin wanted to get in stunt work. He told me, he contacted me, and he says, you know, I want to do an assessment maybe with you. And I did. I did an assessment. I was very real with him. And I said, listen, this is what you need to work on. And, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it for you. I can't open any doors. It's all about your skill. It's all about, I can, you know, I can point you in the right direction, but I'm not going to do it for you. And, you know, start working and do this. The kid went out and did it. He just cool. did it for That's months cool. and months and months with no payoff. Didn't care. Just did it. And then call me. I'm doing this. And he would send me messages on Facebook saying, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Oh, I met so-and-so. Oh, I started training with a stunt group. Oh, I did this. He did exactly everything I told him. Next thing you know, I see him on a set. Nice. And then all of a sudden, I introduced him to a coordinator I knew. On the set, he was a, an extra. on the, Or a, we call it a special skills extra, where you get to do something physical, but it's not a stunt. It's not something dangerous. So... He was doing that. I introduced him to two coordinators that were on set with me that day. And that's my cousin. He's been training. He's been doing this. And he had great like, – and a lot of it has to do with your behavior on set when you're we're learning this. So he did great. He listened to everything. He was always in the right place at the right time. He did exactly, exactly everything I told him. All of a sudden, he's being noticed. And now he's being hired. He's doing stunts. You know what? He's he's successful at it. That's great. But he actually did the things you need to do to be successful at it. Yeah. And took the time to do it. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Dedication. It's all about dedication, man. It's all about that. That's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, you ready to do a quick lightning round? Oh, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll see if my answers are good. Let's see. All right. Ready? <clears throat> yeah. Go. Here we go. Best nickname you ever had? Uh, Van Moose. <laughs> Worst nickname you ever had? Van Moose. <laughs> <laughs> Van Moose is, is pretty incredible, princess. I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. Van Moose, it's been, it's been that for a long time. Uh, princess, I say princess, but I, I, it's a term of endearment to me. That's all I like. It's another story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next time you come back. Uh, favorite go. favorite cheat meal? Oh, it's um, pizza, red wine, and uh, chocolate ice cream. Ooh, nice combo. All right, uh, Monopoly or Pictionary? Uh, Monopoly. Monopoly. All right, have you ever cheated at either game? 
<laughs> well, it depends what you mean by cheating. <laughs> I'll take that as I, a yes. <laughs> yeah, I bent the rules, of course. <laughs> All right. Hockey or kung fu? Uh, oh, kung fu. Uh, have you ever cheated either? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably did. I don't know. Again, bend the rules. It's all about bending the rules. I, I, I live in the gray area. Some people live in the white, some live in the black. I live in the gray. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. No, that's that's all good. All right. And, uh, and I'll have to edit this out if you're wrong, but what is your favorite podcast about Kung Fu and martial arts movies? Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Nice. <laughs> All right, all right. So, all right, you got Kickboxer Retaliation in January. What else is coming down the line from uh, Alan Moussi? All right, so we got, yeah, Kickboxer Retaliation. Is next. We have that coming out. We have Kickboxer Armageddon that we're starting to prep now that we're going to shoot in the new year. Um, that's next on the on, on the plate for me. Then we got this new uh, franchise that's going to start. It's called Jiu-Jitsu. And Demet is something Dimitri's been working on. Um, and that's uh, the next thing that goes into development. Oh, nice. It's a brand-new franchise, fresh, very cool action sci-fi uh, sci-fi series. wow cool action sci-fi action martial arts sci-fi it's going to be bonkers it's going to be really cool oh nice so that's uh so i got a lot of things in the pipeline cool and, and for my canadian listeners by the way i actually have a, a good chunk of canadian listeners which always surprises me but how can they uh find out about your school uh, enroll and uh, learn some of the stuff that you're uh, you're flashing there on screen well, listen. My, my school is in New Orleans, in uh, East Ottawa, but oh, we have okay. a, uh, like we have three schools that are all associated together with me and my business partners. So uh, it's called K Two Martial Arts in Ottawa. So there's uh, across the city. Um, I teach in, in Orleans um, probably once every week or once every two weeks. That's kind of my involvement, depending when I'm I'm on a project or not. That's I'm way more active, obviously, when I'm not shooting. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I'm shooting, then it like it varies, right? Sure. So, but definitely that's where that's where I am. Um, so you can check out k2martialarts.com uh, or on Facebook, k2martialarts. That's our school. Cool. Um, if not for any other updates, I mean, there's uh, all my Instagram slash Facebook, Alain Moussi, and I use my name, Alain, A-L-A-I-N-M-O-U-S-S-I, on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook is Alain Moussi Online. And that's where I put all my updates. Fantastic. Alain Moussi, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Looking forward to Kickboxer uh, Retaliation. And then uh, let's see what happens after that. But Jiu-Jitsu sounds awesome. So best of luck. And uh, I hope you get to come back. Thank you. Well, I hope you have me back. You let me know. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Huge thanks to Alain Moussi for spending some time chatting with me. That's a dude right there. And it was great to hear his take on things. Kickboxer Vengeance is out on Netflix right now, so go check it out, and I'll be watching for Kickboxer Retaliation when it drops this January. I'll leave links to Alain's pages in the show notes, so feel free to visit and give him some props. If you had fun with that chat, let me know as well. Hit me up on all the socials at Kung Fu Driving on Twitter, at Kung Fu Driving Podcast on the IG, or the Kung Fu Driving Podcast page on the FB. In the meantime, thanks for spending some cute tea with me, and remember to show me some TLC by stopping by iTunes and leaving a rating or review. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Place.
I see the iron fisted monk before the daily prayers Shaolin monks on their hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little big soldier is older and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars, then pass here the pass Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back the Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster The child a little dream because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show your spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with our dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just did drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance that won't stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the bodies on the floor. When the blood, it'll splatter against the walls. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spilled when you head into a war. Fearless. Unleashed, the fist of legend that the car jelly. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get it drunk, and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's war. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine.